You're listening to the weekly podcast from Solid Ground Church. We hope that this is uplifting and encourages you to take your next step in your relationship with Jesus. If we can be of any help at all, please visit us on the web at solidground.church. Now let's get to this week's message. Uh, one of the, the the ministries that our church gets to support, like like you guys give, we give to these guys regularly, and I, I say get to because man, it is absolutely our privilege to get to do that. Uh, it is a is a local ministry called Zoe Ministries, um, who who work to help uh, those who uh, are the victims of human trafficking, um, and and uh, we've got a crew from Zoe here today who are going to be updating us on what's going on, going to be bringing the message. Um, so solid ground, could you give a big warm welcome to the team from Zoe? Sharon will come up. Please come. Hey, Sharon, will come up here. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. It's our pleasure to be here with you. It's an honor um, that God has given us this opportunity. So I'm just here to pray. Just. So let's pray. Father, this is your day. This is your place. This is your time. And we expect that you will show up, Lord. You have promised us that you will, and we thank you in advance, and we say hallelujah to that. So just be in the mouth of Yolanda and Mandy, and bring peace upon them, Lord, as they deliver your message today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Um, I want you to know Sharon never just prays. She always enters, brings the Spirit of God with her, and I can tell you without going into a lot of detail, there would be no Zoe Ministries if it was not for Sharon. She has been my Aaron because my arms have been really tired. And you all have been my her. Because every month we open two checks from you. And it is a, a God kiss for us every single time because we know that you're praying and we know that your hearts are engaged in the work that we're doing. So at the end of 2021, we want to show you a video. It's about eight and a half minutes long. And it's sort of a year in review of everything that Zoe has been involved with this year. In the middle of COVID, when there was no funding, no state or federal support, God blessed us miraculously with Delaware's first and only residential therapeutic home for girls ages 12 to 17 who have been trafficked. We also work with adult survivors, and I'm telling you, these women are my heroes. Three of them are here with me this morning. And they have inspired me every day that I've known them. And you will hear from one who will inspire you this morning. So before I start preaching and before I start crying, we're going to go ahead and play the video. So watch it and be blessed and know that everything that you see that happened this year, whether it's staff members, whether you see members of the board, you'll see some of our fundraisers, you'll see some of our community activities, but the most important thing about this video is, is the words that were written from survivors and from our youth and our mentorship program. And when trauma happens, not just trafficking trauma, but other trauma, it occurs not just physically through our bodies and emotionally, but it hits us in our spirit. We are changing the trajectory of these individual spirits because we invite God into our work. And you will see 
in what you read and what you, and what you see on the video. You're going to see that. And because you all support us, you are an active, vital part of what we do at Zoe Ministries. So watch and be blessed. So this morning on the way here, God completely changed what I was going to say. So everything I have typed, I'm not going to be using. God dropped on me um, some truths about our identity. And we hear a lot of sermons on identity in Christ and who we are in Christ. And when somebody says to me, well, who are you? Tell me about you. I can tell them my given name by my parents. Really doesn't tell them anything. I can tell them what I do for a living. I can tell them how old I am, tell them where I was born and raised, my hobbies. But that's not really who I am. That's about me. And all of us have that experience. So in all the sermons that I've heard over the years of who are you, who, what's your identity? And we hear your identity is in Christ, right? You're a child of God. You're righteous. You're loved. You're holy. But isn't that true for all Christians? So it doesn't feel real personal to me sometimes. Just being real. So when I open the Bible and I see all those verses and I think, yeah, but God means that for everybody. <laughs> That's not just me. So in this last week, God has really drilled down with me in that as I've been preparing for this Sunday with Mandy. And as I talked about our spirits, and that's where the trauma occurs deep within us. It might happen verbally, emotionally, physically, but the damage is here. It's in our spirits. And who we are is who we are in our spirits. It's who we're going to be eternally in heaven with our Creator, for those of us who know Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus this morning, I'm inviting you to get to know him. He's pretty wonderful. So I'm going to read a few lines from a really popular Christmas movie. And by the end of it, see if you can figure out, and I'll give you a big clue at the end, if you can't figure out what this is from. And I want you to think about what's spoken to us, and how we internalize that, especially as children, okay? You're the only person I know that can take a wonderful season like Christmas and turn it into a problem. Do something right for a change. Boy, are you stupid. I knew you'd goof it up. You're not the kind you can depend on to do anything right. You're hopeless, completely hopeless. You've been dumb before, but this time you've really done it. Got it figured out yet? Out of all the Charlie Browns in the world, you are the Charlie Browniest. So I'm guessing you may have never heard Peanuts quotes before on a Christmas Sunday morning, but I do think that it parallels what we deal with in Zoe with trauma 
And often, the survivors that we work with are some of the smartest, most wise, most resilient, sweetest people we've ever met. And it's because that God seed that they were created with, that he created every single one of us with, that's stuck deep down in here, he protects that. No matter what's going on physically, and they feel forgotten, and they've been abused and exploited from childhood, and yet we have three examples sitting here, how it all started in childhood. Horrific abuse and exploitation. Some with backgrounds in occults. Deep, spiritual, satanic, evil stuff. But God. Protected. And he has continued to water and provide for that seed. And it will bloom and grow that spirit until the day that they are with him, with the rest of us. So I'm going to encourage you, this morning, there were two songs that had little phrases in them that talked about our name. God gave me my name. That's who your identity is. It's not your sin. It's not what you've done. It's not what's happened to you. It's not your trauma. Ask God to show you who you are in your spirit. His spirit will bring that to you. Because he doesn't want you to live your life not knowing who you are. We let everything else define us. And it's time that we look to our creator to define who we are. And that's different for everybody. So I will be celebrating in heaven, all of you, as we get to really know each other there. So I am going to um, introduce you to Mandy. Um, her story speaks for itself. And the fact that these three women are even here this morning is miraculous. That they would step foot in a church when so often it was the church that did the damage. Or in the name of Jesus that did the damage. But the courage that it takes to come up here and share your story that is this deeply personal and painful, we have to show appreciation and respect for that. So in that vein, I am asking that after the service, you don't come up and ask questions. This is very difficult. So breathe a prayer, and I'm going to bring Mandy up and let her share. Good morning. Um, thank you, Yolanda, for having, asking me to come and solid ground for welcoming us this morning. Such a joy to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I want to share with you a part of my story on how God has brought me out of such torment, torture, and evil to standing before you this morning in a place of victory. I was born into a family where control, exploitation, and abuse, starting as early as two years old, I was groomed from a very early age that sexual abuse and sexual exploitation were a normal part of everyday life. We lived on a large piece of property in the mountains and everyone on this compound type community were involved in the selling of young girls to each other. My biological father started to groom me for sexual exploitation at the age of five 
to prepare of what was to come when I turned eight and would start to be auctioned off to men. Several times per day, I was summoned into my father's room or he would come into my room. It was more than sexual abuse, the emotional toll it takes on a young child not knowing how to save themselves. As a young child who has no voice, we have no choice but to comply to the coercion that is taking place, all at the hands of who is supposed to protect you the most. Trafficking is so much more than the act of exploitation itself. Traffickers start out with the grooming process of sexual abuse, coercion, lies, and sometimes paint the picture of this is all that life is about when you're actually handed off to another person to be beaten, sold, tortured, and any other demands that are put upon you. The month before the selling would begin, I was treated to a trip to Disney World. This was another tool that was used to get excited about something, only to come home, and then the nightmare of what was to come begins. As a child, being coerced to march through the woods to a barn and stand on pedestals to be auctioned off to the highest bidder is not a choice that any child would choose. I had no choice but to comply to survive just one more day. I had been beaten down so low that I had no other tools or self-worth other than to do what I was been taught and told. I was called the rebel child growing up, as I was the one that always questioned, fought, and rebelled every order that, I was, that was thrown at me. I was told I was worthless and a rebel, and I belonged to whoever bought me that week. The look of disgust in my father's face, as I was always the last to be purchased because of the rebel personality the buyers said that I had. I had no self-worth and felt I was just a piece of property and really thought this is how everyone lived life. Traffickers shelter you from the outside world so you have no self-awareness on what life is really like. This is especially true when this type of trauma starts at such a young age and happens in the family structure. When parents are the people who are supposed to protect you the most in this world, exploit you to make money for themselves, you begin to tell yourself, this must be all that I'm good for. These auctions took place on a weekly basis for years, and I began to dis disassociate myself from reality, and this was a coping mechanism to basically stop feeling so you can continue to survive just one more day. Satan begins to ride those coattails of doubt you put on yourself and tells you every lie about who you are, and as you grow up into adolescence and young adulthood, you begin to believe those lies because I had nothing to compare it to. The enemy started putting labels on me at a very young age, and I began to believe it because of the circumstances I was around. It wasn't until we moved to another state and I was enrolled in public school for the first time and spoke to someone in the school on when I was asked what my parents did for work. Sometimes it is not always true that tra traffickers tell you not to talk to authorities. My parents probably just assumed that they were above the law. When I told them that I was sold for sex on a weekly basis, I was rescued by the state and put into foster care. However, as much as a victory as that sounds, it is not over for survivors of trafficking. There were no resources to help survivors in 1994. I was put in a home for delinquent children and eventually sent to a foreign country until I aged out of the system. I had no treatment, no counseling, no resources on how to become a normal part of society. Coming out of a trafficking situation, survivors need specialized services that is more than just sexual abuse and violence. The emotional toll it takes on an individual 
on what we say about ourselves and what is told to us, all of that needs to be unraveled. Even more so when this type of trauma occurs in a family structure. Your sense of reality is warped and you need specialized care and therapy to be able to become a functioning citizen of society. I lived with the guilt, shame, and disgust of myself from 1994 at the age of 14 up until about a year ago. At the age of 18, I was homeless back in the US with no hope and nowhere to go. I did what only I knew how to do. I ended up getting married to an older man who was abusive and that almost cost me my life. Not having any therapy coming out of trafficking and then being swept under the rug and sent to a different country to live a normal teenage life to coming home with a suitcase and given $200 to start a new life as an 18 year old adult as what they told me with no given life skills. I still had no sense of self-worth and being married to someone portraying to love me sounded better than being on the streets. Emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse continued into that marriage. I was right back in my childhood brain again. It is very common to start the trauma cycle over and over again. I conceived many children. However, my husband at the time forced me to miscarry them because they were females and the firstborn in his culture should have been male. I got up the courage to escape him shortly after he forced me to remove life support from my daughter, and that decision almost cost me my life. Even then, God had a hand on my life, and I fought, and I lived. I jumped from relationship to relationship after that, and even went back to my biological mother's home, because where else was I going to go? As bad as it was, it was a warm place to sleep. In 2004, I met friends at a local festival who invited me to the church for the first time in my life. You see, I was raised atheist, and God was forbidden in my home, and we even protested at churches growing up. It was then, for the first time in my life, I heard about the love of God and that I could be forgiven for all my sins, and I did not have to do life alone. Giving my life to Christ in 2004 was a decision that I made for myself. No one made it for me. I was taking control of my life, probably for the first time ever at the age of 24. I tried to go home and save my family and told them, look at what Jesus did for me. They asked me to make a choice, Jesus or them. I chose Jesus and I walked out the door. I was going to... I was going to allow Jesus to shape my identity from then forward. Romans 12.2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Allowing God to not only conform me into his image, but transform me from the inside out, I am renewed and restored. God says I am forever loved, healed, strong, forgiven, adopted, restored, hopeful, created with purpose, victorious, peace-filled, joyful, fearfully and wonderfully made, redeemed, and set free. All of the labels the enemy put on me as a child I still carried. I took those labels and went to scripture and counteracted Satan's lies with what God says about me. God knows me best and loves me most. A stable sense of self cannot fully exist when we place our identity in external things. This is where faith comes in. God has given me everything that I need to demolish those strongholds and false beliefs and has empowered me to do so. 
I sought out counseling and help for years after coming to Christ, and the door was continually shut in my face as no one knew how to help me. I was told time and time again, your abuse is over, put this in a box, and do not talk about it and move on. I had daily thoughts of suicide as I didn't know how to cope with the pain going on in my mind. I had daily bouts with anxiety. I had Christ in my life, and no one could take that away, so I just dove into the Word and allowed the Lord to counsel me and comfort me. However, because so many professionals in my life told me to never speak of my trafficking experience as I would be ostracized by everyone in my path, I just kept it to myself. I met a wonderful man of God in 2009, and we started our life together. He loved me for me. He reassured me my life would never be in danger again, and we married in 2011. We're still married today. Life was still not roses and rainbows, as past professionals would tell me. I still suffered from anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, and masked myself on a daily basis to protect myself, and that was the identity I gave myself. In 2020, when the world began to isolate during the pandemic, the enemy was really trying to railroad my thoughts. I was ready to end it all, and I had one final plan to do so. I was sitting at a Wawa parking lot in Dover, and happened to notice a human trafficking simulcast was starting in 30 minutes right next door to the Wawa as I was sitting writing that suicide note. There is where I found Zoe Ministries and met Yolanda on October 17th of 2020. God orchestrated that meeting. I sat through the simulcast and listened to Yolanda share her heart on what she and Zoe were doing to combat trafficking in Delaware. I sat there in complete awe. The Lord had heard my cries and heard my prayers in that Wawa parking lot. The enemy kept telling me and reminding me what I was about to do just one hour before. You see, up to this point, with professionals telling me never to talk about me being a survivor of trafficking, I went boldly and talked to Yolanda after that simulcast, and I couldn't believe the words I spoke to her. I am a survivor. She asked if she could give me a hug, and that was the beginning of my restoration journey over the next year. The Lord spoke through me as when I left that place, I said, I have never spoken those words in years. I am a survivor. I was able to start counseling in November of 2020, and my life is a complete 180. The Lord has continued to walk me through a path of restoration. In April of this year, I went back to that property where I was raised for the first 12 years of my life. I stepped foot on that compound where I hadn't stood since 1991. I walked the path in those woods that we were marched to every week to see who we, would, who we would be living with that night and sat in front of the barn where those auctions took place. The Lord spoke a mighty word over my life that day and revealed so much to me. I walked the steps of that property and took back all that the enemy had stolen. I was walking a redeemed daughter of the Lord. Sitting in front of that barn where all my innocence was stolen and worshiping the Lord was such an amazing place of freedom. The Lord has continued to take me back to places where trauma has taken place. These paths I have walked as he continues to restore me. Time and time again over the last year, I have walked in places I never thought I would walk. And healing and restoration continue to take place. He brought me to a lighthouse recently this past summer for a women's retreat. And unbeknownst to me at the time, I was beaten and tortured weekly in this lighthouse. As I was at the lighthouse this past summer, I saw etched on a sign, the lighthouse steps, the scripture, Psalms 121, 7 through 8. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. 
The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. Even then, in all of the trauma, the Lord had his hand upon my life, and this was the reminder that under no circumstances will the Lord ever leave my side. Just two months ago, I was asked to volunteer at an event with the Zoe Ministries, and a surprise to me, but not by God, this event took place on a property where I was trafficked and tortured many times. This was not a surprise to God, another example of his grace as he walks me through my restoration journey. My identity has changed and all of the lies that the enemy has ingrained into my life. God has continued to restore my thought pattern and my identity is now found in him. I had almost forgotten about that day in the Wawa parking lot until recently. I found that suicide note in my glove compartment tucked in the owner's manual of my car that I wrote last October. What the enemy meant for evil, God turned it for good. You see, I wouldn't have had the strength or courage to walk back those steps of my past had it not been for the trauma-informed care I have received from Zoe Ministries. With the help of the Lord and Zoe Ministries, I have rediscovered my identity in Christ and to see the beauty that has risen from the ashes.